Hi, this is Jovi. And this is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Crime, Crime Stories. Stories. This is a weekly true crime podcast where we take what? <laughs> <laughs> this is a true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Mm. <laughs> Yay, Friday. Oh, I want a nap. I want a nap. I know. I know. Almost. <sighs> Almost. And oh. I still have to go marinate the steak for dinner tonight. Fun. <laughs> whatever i mean it'll be delicious and worth it will it. be delicious it will be delicious oh man so what's going on jovi what are you watching i actually and you should be proud i watched two crime documentaries i mentioned one last week i watched the crazy not insane and because i was on that kick of like the multiple personality the did mm. um mm-hmm kind of thing i watched the 24 faces of billy milligan on netflix okay on the netflix on the netflix and it was Mm -hmm. fascinating it Mm. was fascinating Mm -hmm. and i really appreciated the way they did it okay like i want i think it was the first two episodes they really got into his past and the, the stuff that he went through and what explained what happened to him that explained why he branched off into so many different altars mm-hmm. and like they described the different altars and their names and whatnot and it was they showed how one altar wrote like a child because it was a child and one altar wrote as an adult because they were an adult and the woman mm-hmm. he had a, a woman personality she wrote bubbly and it was just it's mm-hmm. just fascinating to me it really is yeah 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 then the last two episodes kind of went over how much of a manipulator he was so mm. they at first they were all like oh yeah you know it's, it's totally did this that and the other thing and then they spun it as i mean he's he's a good actor Right. Or is it dun dun dun? Right. Right. Because (laughs) after his trial and after he was considered not guilty, he was like, oh, the doctor helped me and I can control switching to my different personalities and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. So I'm assuming he was like a murderer. Uh, He was a serial rapist. Oh, yeah. And I I think he killed like one person. But I mean, it's gotcha. still one person, but he was more of a serial rapist um, mm-hmm. than anything. And it was just, it's just fascinating. Cause I was like, I was all, I was like, yeah, I could see how that happened. And then I'm like, I don't know now. Like now I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now you have me second guessing everything that you just taught me. Right. Right. He went from having 10 altars to 24 and it was just, it was it was nuts it was a really good watch i absolutely recommend it especially if you're as fascinated with the whole the dissociative identity disorder that's what did stands for i'm sorry i kept saying mm-hmm. it like everybody knew um mm-hmm. i mean everybody might know but for those if there are any people that don't it's it's wonderful and i actually follow this this person on tiktok uh who has did and she has a lot of alters mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so fascinating to me. And it's, it's nice because people ask her questions and she'll actually address them, you know, and mm, it's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. It's, it's good to have something like that, where you kind of see it often and you learn from somebody who actually has it. And I don't know. I love it. I love it. I wish I was brain. I wish my brain was good enough to study things like that because mm, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a field that you could never get bored in. 
It definitely would be interesting. It'd be something different all the time. That's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's pretty much what I've been, what I've watched. And yeah, 10 out of 10 would absolutely recommend. Very cool. Oh, wait. Cool. Nope. I watched one more. I'm sorry. Mm. I watched The Most Hated Man on the Internet. You did tell me that you watched that. Yes. yes. That motherfucker. I told you I'd watch that when I was done with the West Wing. Yes. And you need to because you will get just as angry as me. Like mm-hmm. he is a trash bag of a human being. Mm-hmm. And the but the also it's him being a trash bag of a human being, but it's also the people that followed him religiously like they they called him they called him the father okay and they were his family and i'm like you're you're supporting this person who takes pictures of these people and blasts them over the internet and basically says all right hit him with your best shot let's let's make fun of them this that and the other thing and have it's because people are awful people are awful (laughs) yeah and they called it revenge porn Mm -hmm. um because it was exes submitting pictures of their exes nude or semi-nude or whatever but it's like first of all nobody else was meant to see the pictures besides the person that they sent it to right and who the like and the people that submitted the pictures are no better i don't know actually the people who submitted the pictures in in my actual opinion and this might be i don't know this might not be everybody's opinion i think the people who submit the pictures are actually worse oh no i absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely it's it's just it's horrible but Mm -hmm. the worst and he gave them a platform like if they didn't have a platform i mean whatever and then made them into heroes correct yeah correct and Mm -hmm. i think he only got like not even two years in jail Mm -hmm. because he technically he wasn't the one who was really doing anything other than posting the pictures and giving the information that was sent to him right he was the curator he wasn't the creator correct but he wound up hiring somebody to hack people's accounts to get their pictures without their knowledge that's what they got him on Mm -hmm. i mean it took them a while to prove it Mm -hmm. but that's what they eventually got him on but yeah watch it it's fucking sad and but the the mom of the the one main victim that they centered on she Mm -hmm. she's a fucking inspirational hero man like she was Mm -hmm. like oh no i'm not no 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 i'm not giving up until you're you're done till you're Mm -hmm. down and she like reached out to people that were on the site to advocate for them and it was just it was phenomenal it was Mm -hmm. phenomenal so yeah Hmm. Those are all the things that I've been watching. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Very what nice. about you, Charlie? Or is it just West Wing? Just it, It's just the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> just the West Wing. Just the West Wing. Mm-hmm. I should be done soon. Probably mm-hmm. by the end of this weekend, I'll be done. Mm-hmm. I'm like not looking forward to it. I was going to say probably by the end of tonight because it is Friday. No, I just started. I just started season seven. So I saw mm-hmm. I have like 20, no, probably like 19 episodes left. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to finish it tonight, but. Probably by the, possibly by the end of this weekend, but I was going to say Tuesday, the latest, I'm going to say Tuesday, the latest, I would say by Sunday night, I'll yeah. finish it. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. I don't want it to end. So stretch it out. <sighs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no. And I will tell you like season six, wasn't my favorite season. And like, so far season seven's kind of like all over the place. I don't mm-hmm. really know where they're going with the story, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's still just so good. And I love all of, I love every single character on the show literally mm-hmm. i don't dislike anybody on the show wow it's perfect it's a perfect television show 
that's impressive it's fantastic so nice west wing uh fan club party of one <laughs> right over here <laughs> that is all you but i am glad it's that great. you are enjoying it it is great with with all that being said because i know that we talked you guys's ears off and i apologize but once i get started on something i don't like to stop so with that being said charlie why don't you start on something and not stop <laughs> Well, that, that was, was bad. really bad that segue. Was really- <laughs> it was like, I kind of saw where you were going with that. I'm like, I just please no. Oh, no, okay, she I did. did it. She did. I did it. Okay. I did it. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I didn't 100% know what I wanted to do for tonight's bed crime story. I was trying to find something that I hadn't heard of before and mm-hmm. like something a little bit different than what I normally would do and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So, you know, those like stupid listicles where you would see like, um, you get like ranker or whatever. It's like the top yeah. 10, this or top 20, blah, blah, blah. 25 yeah. facts. You didn't know about this. Right. That's yeah. That's actually yeah. where I found my last, the person in last week's episode. Yes. I love me a listicle. Yes. And I found this um, website called Listverse, and it was the top 10 creepiest disappearances throughout history. And I'm Ooh. like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted to say. Okay. So I found um, there was a couple on there that we know. Oh, right. Amelia Earhart was on there. DB mm. Cooper was on there. So like well-known ones, you know, whatever. And mm. then I came across this one that I thought I read the stupid little blurb on the listicle and I was like, oh, oh yes, please. I want to know more about this. This is crazy. So I'm going to tell the story of the mysterious disappearance of Angela or Angie Hammond. Ooh. Um, all right. So my sources for the story are um, an article from medium.com. Ooh. Um, unsolved mysteries wiki and then unsolved.com. So both, so unsolved mysteries wiki is really just kind of like a, um, rundown of the, of the episode of the show itself where unsolved.com is unsolved mysteries sources page. So it's kind of like their, their, um, story sources. Cool. Then I, uh, also got information from the Clinton, Missouri police department, Facebook, and the Doe Network, which if mm. you don't know the Doe Network, look up their website. They do amazing work. Um, we love the Doe Network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Angie Hammond was born in Kansas City, Missouri on February 9th, 1971. Her parents, Chris and Marsha Hammond, moved the family 80 miles south to Clinton, Missouri to be closer to Marsha's parents. So Angie's grandparents. Mm-hmm. When Angie was about 19, she started dating an 18-year-old named Rob Schaefer. So Rob, at the time, was a football star at the same school that Angie had attended and graduated from. Mm -hmm. Both were popular, smart, funny, and likable, and the two of them had a wonderful relationship and got along really, really well. In January of 1991, Angie found out that she was pregnant, and the two became engaged. Mm. Rob planned that he was going to join the military to help to support the family. But until he got to that point, he just was working some odd jobs just to get some money, you know, what have you support the the home. And Angie was attending central Missouri state university during the day. And at night she worked evenings as um, a processor for a bank. So she was the one where, you know, you send in all of your bank work at the end of the night to the main office. They process all the transactions because it's 1991 and ain't shit digital. So, yep. Yep. Um, they rented a home and though money was tight, they were working really hard to really establish themselves and provide a nice home for when the baby came on April 4th, 1991, Angie and Rob went to a barbecue at Angie mother, 
Angie's mother, Marsha's house. Uh, Marsha was now divorced from Angie's dad, Chris. And at around 9 PM, the two of them left. Rob went over to his parents' house for the evening. Cause he was going to watch his little brother. And Angie went and picked up her best friend, Kyla. And the two of them just kind of drove around town for a couple of hours, just nice. you know, laughing and having a good time. Yeah. So around 1115 that night, Angie dropped Kyla off and then went to a payphone to call Rob. So Angie and Rob, I'm assuming because of money situations, they didn't have a home phone. So there was a payphone near their home at the corner of Jefferson and second street that they would use to make calls whenever they needed to call out the payphone that she was using was only seven blocks away from where Rob was at his parents' house. And Angela originally was planning on meeting him there after she was um, home from Kyla, but she wound up heading to the payphone to call him and just say, Hey, I'm real tired. I'm going to stay home and just go to bed. Okay. So while she's on the phone talking to Rob, she notices that there's a suspicious person circling the block a couple of times in a pickup truck. And she lets Rob know, know this when the truck winds up actually pulling up right where she's standing. So a man gets out of the truck and where she is, it's like a bank of payphones. So the payphones in a row. So he gets out of the truck. He goes to the phone that was right next to hers, picks it up, whatever, then goes right back to his truck. He takes out a flashlight and is looking around his truck as if he's looking for something. And Angela's kind of feeding all of this play-by-play back to Rob over the phone. She also described his appearance and, and the truck. She said that he was a white man wearing overalls and a baseball hat. She said he had a beard and he appeared to be like very dirty and scruffy. Oh. She um, explained that the, the truck was an old green Ford pickup. She then asked the man if he needed to use the phone and he replied that he would try the other one again in just a minute. So Okay, fine. She goes back. Her and Rob continue to to talk. But just a few moments later, Rob hears Angela scream. Oh. And he hears the man say, I didn't need to use the phone anyway. Whoa. Yeah. So Rob immediately drops his phone, gets his car and takes off. So he drives towards where the payphone is, hoping that he's going to be able to get there in time to help her. So as he's approaching and he's driving up in his car, he sees the abductor's truck speed by the in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And as he's there, he actually hears her screaming his name out the passenger side of the car. Oh, shit. So Rob throws his car in reverse. And when, when he does this, he doesn't realize, but he actually damaged his transmission when he does this, when he pulls the car in reverse. Yeah. So he starts following the truck for about two miles. And as he goes to make a sharp right turn to follow the truck, his transmission dies and he's dead in the water. Oh shit. Yeah. So he says, quote, it started dying as I was making that right turn. This guy turned off to the right. All I saw was his brake lights and dust Mm. unquote. The truck drove away and was never seen again. And neither was Angie. No shit. Yeah. So Angie's mother, Marsha has said, quote, Rob blamed himself for it because he always told her he'd be there to take care of her. Mm. And he tried, he did everything he could to be, um, he did everything that could be done. Nobody blames him, but I think he thinks that people continue to blame him. Oh, Rob said that he often still thinks about that night quote, the beginning is the hardest because you know, you were close enough to get him, but you just didn't get the job done. And you still wake up at night wondering where she's at, wondering what happened, wondering if anyone's still looking, you're just wondering all the time. End quote. 
That's so sad. And like to know that you were right there, like he said, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So at this point, an extension, uh, extensive search begins for Angie, Um, Angie, the abductor and for the truck. So the truck was an older model, about 1960s or 70s green Ford with some rust on the body. And Rob saw on the back on the the back window, a decal of a fish jumping out of water. So like the fishing insignia, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Rob also noticed only two letters on the license plate an X and a Y, but he couldn't make out the rest because of the darkness and the rust and all that stuff and probably the adrenaline and everything. So the Missouri state highway patrol checked hundreds of trucks out matching the description, but every single one of them was ruled out. The police had based their entire investigation solely on Rob's testimony. And there was no other witnesses at the time that could back up what he was saying. So of course, because of this, Rob himself becomes a a suspect. Right. Right. Uh, But Angie's mother, Marsha said she never once suspected him. Um, Quote, I think it was natural that everybody Uh, that people wondered, did the boyfriend do it? But my feeling was I've known the kid all his life and I never doubted for a minute that he had anything to do with it. Yeah. So Rob takes a polygraph and that showed that he was telling the truth. And then on top of that, two witnesses were, did come forward saying that they saw a truck and a suspicious person around the payphones between 1130 and 1145 that night, shortly before Angela's disappearance. So within a week, they were able to clear Rob's name. Nice. They even were able to find, you know, his vehicle was abandoned and broken down exactly where he said it was going to be. And they also found Angela's car in the parking lot by the payphone with her, her purse still inside. So it just, you can tell she was taken in a rush. It didn't seem like it was something that he set up. Right, right. Um, A couple of days later, Angela's abduction starts to become connected by the investigators to two other unsolved cases within a 100 mile radius of Clinton, Missouri, where they were. The first occurred near Max Creek, Missouri, which was just um, a couple dozen miles away. Mm-hmm. On January 19th, 1991, so four months prior to Angie disappearing, mm-hmm. 42-year-old convenience store worker named Trudy Darby called her son to report a suspicious man lurking outside. Less than 10 minutes later, her son arrived at the store and found it empty. <sighs> Two days after that, her body was found on a riverbank 10, ma- 10 miles from the store. She had been raped and she was shot twice in the head. Jesus. The other case uh, involved a 30-year-old woman named Cheryl Kenny, who was another convenience store worker in Nevada, Missouri, about 70 miles from Max Creek, where Trudy went missing. Mm-hmm. She vanished after locking up her store on the night of February 27th, 1991. Her car was found abandoned in the store parking lot, and it's believed that she was also kidnapped. Angie was abducted just over a month after that in the beginning of April. Oh, wow. So we have three similar similar cases within four short months of each other, and detectives were definitely adamant that they were somehow connected. Right. Now, Trudy's case was eventually solved. Um, They convicted half-brothers Jesse Rush and Marvin Cheney for her death. However, Cheryl's and Angie's cases remain unsolved to this day. Investigators suspect that possibly Jesse and Marvin were involved in Cheryl and Angie's case, but they've never been able to tie any evidence uh, to the two or bring charges against the men. Mm. 
in April, 2021. So just last year, oh, wow. it was yeah on the 30th anniversary of Angie's disappearance. So April 4th, 2021, the Clinton police department announced that there was a new theory that was being investigated in her case. Oh, really? This is insane. So, oh no. Okay. okay. No, like good. Like it's crazy insane. Okay. Okay. A confidential informant that had helped the police department in the past in a narcotics operation had received a cut and paste letter. So like what mm. you would see in the movies mm-hmm. for ransom, right? We cut letters out and paste it for mm-hmm. this letter. So a cut and paste letter, which correctly identified this informant by his court issued number and his estranged wife's first name. No shit. Yes. So when you become a confidential informant, you are assigned a number. Obviously, they don't use your name because they want to keep you confidential. Correct. Correct. This letter identified him by his court issued number and named his wife's named his wife by name. So, okay, the letter reads, quote, hello, number redacted. Uh-huh. We know who you are, number redacted. People like you deserve what you get. We know where your foxy daughter is at. She will see us soon. Tell wife's name redacted. She was she has our deepest sympathies in her further loss. Goodbye. Shut the fuck up. No, no, no. It gets crazier. It gets crazier. So the letter was postmarked April 4th, 1991, the day that Angela <gasps> went disappearing, went missing. Now gets even kookier (laughs) the informant's estranged wife and his daughter whose name was also angela (gasps) oh my god were living in clinton at the time i know where this is going yeah so investigators theorize that those who were involved in this narcotics case back in 1991 targeted the informant's daughter but in a case of mistaken identity actually kidnapped angela hammond oh my god yes so investigators note that while this theory seems like something out of a movie like totally bonkers they're not able to rule it out because everything kind of fits and it kind of all makes sense yeah and also now they've also received an anonymous call from somebody who may have had information about angie's abduction because the caller was able to specifically mention details involving the letter and until april of 2021 it was completely unreleased information no shit yes so the investigators put a plea on their facebook page that if the caller had been reading the post to please call them again they wanted to talk to them live right talk to them in real time get more information and of course they promised to protect their identity and uh, maintain anonymity Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much where the story ends last update was a year ago um, or a little over a year ago with this this new theory arising so if there's any information or anybody out there with information that may lead investigators to the whereabouts of Angela Hammond to Cheryl Kenny or to any possible suspects, they should contact the Clinton police department, specifically detective DJ Parsons. Um, his number at the agency is 660-885-5561. Um, I also have his email address. I have her case number for the agency itself. And then also her case number for the national crime information center. So I'm going to put all of that information in our story post and in our Instagram post for the story. So if you have any information or know anybody who would have any information about um, Angie's disappearance, you can please 
forward that information to the Clinton police department. Holy shit. And that's it. That is the mysterious disappearance of Angie Hammond. That's crazy. That is. Yeah. That's nuts. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. I like that little, I like that twist though. Yes. That last little bit just totally threw me. I was like reading the story. I'm like, this is crazy. I feel so bad for, I mean, I feel so bad for everybody, but like, I felt so bad for Rob. My heart was just totally breaking for this kid. Mm -hmm. And then that like added twist at the end that Mm -hmm. it could possibly be this confidential informant's daughter. That was actually the person who was supposed to be abducted. It's just crazy. That's that's insane. Yeah. And one of the resources that I had read as well, one of the detectives even admitted like the informant's daughter, Angela and Angela Hammond actually did look a little bit alike. Oh, so it would have made sense that they would have been like, Okay, that's Angela. Her name is Angela. They that's I think that's her. I think that's her and snatched her. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mhm. That's crazy. That's absolutely fucking crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. It's a crazy story. Well, I hope they they figure it out. I mean, yeah. You figure she was abducted when she was 20. It's been 31 years. So mm-hmm. she would be 51 years old now. Mhm. Good Lord. And she was four months pregnant when she went disappearing. Oh, or when she when she went right. disappearing, when she went missing. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. I forgot that she was pregnant. Yep. Ugh. I hate yeah. people. Yep. I hate people. Yep. Wow. Thank you for taking us down that road. The crazy one, right? That it's a little was bonkers. Nuts. And yeah. it's just like when you were saying how um how rob went there to go to go to her and how he like when when you said he was turning around his transmission cut i was like oh no i know i know i know and the fact that he could hear her scream his name as he drove by because i can't i can only in the deep corners of my mind imagine her seeing his car come and be like oh my god i'm saved type of a thing you know yeah it's just that's so absolutely oh. fucking heartbreaking and you know that's probably still haunts him still that oh just that scream absolutely and just that, that whole situation mm-hmm. wow yep. yep that's one of those things that no matter how many years go by whether or not he got married and has kids and all that stuff that's something that you're just i'm sorry there's no way that you're ever no. going to get over that no absolutely not mm-hmm. absolutely not yeah holy shit dude mm-hmm. wow but yeah, like Charlie said, if you guys know anything or you know somebody who knows something, please reach out in any one of those ways that um, Charlie mentioned. And again, all that will be on our Instagram post and story. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for that story. Yeah, Charlie, that was that was like really a roller great. coaster. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. If you guys have any story suggestions, you want to say hi, you just want to send us weird things and weird memes. It doesn't have to be true crime related. It could be anything related. We enjoy a good meme. You could reach out to us via our email at bedcrimestoriespod at Mm -hmm. gmail.com. You could also find us on Instagram at bedcrimestories.com. Uh, you could slide into those DMs with your suggestions, with jokes, with whatever the hell you want to, because uh, we will see it and we will laugh. So do that. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, tell all your friends. 
you know, that helps us out a lot. That helps gets mm-hmm. that helps to get us out there. And while we love you guys, we want to love more of you guys. We want all the friends in all the land. Mm-hmm. Be kind to one another. Watch out for one another. Mm-hmm. This is a kooky, crazy world. And honestly, <laughs> I don't think it's getting any better anytime soon no. No, no, with no. the way shit's going. So just be very mindful. Mindful of your surroundings, of what's going on, of your friends, of your family. Just stay alert. <sighs> Sorry, guys. It's Friday. You know, we just just give us a break, okay? But we do love you. We love each and every one of you. We do this for you guys. Um, so have a good rest of your day, your night, your weekend, whenever you happen to be listening to this. We'll see you guys all next week. Mm-hmm. But until then, sweet dreams. Okay, bye. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.